Skipoli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. I know it's been quite a while, in fact, just about a week, but I'm back at it just doing another little episode here. Been on my TikToks as of late, so if you guys want to go on over there and support me, that would be ever, I would be ever so grateful. But also, I do want to shout out because guess what, y'all? We got our ratings from 10 to 11 on um, <clears throat> Apple Podcasts, and I want to shout out to Steam 7-Eleven on uh, the 15th of this month of September. Titling their rating, they gave me five stars. Thank you very, very much, Steam. Uh, language is so interesting, and Liam is a great teacher. Love, le- love listening to Liam discussing etymologies. Anyone can benefit from learning more about language, and especially as a biologist, it's fascinating to learn about the roots and meanings of Latin names, etc. Well, I really want to appreciate you, Steam. That means a lot to me. And I don't know if I know you in person or maybe you just happen to find this podcast uh, through the grapevine, of which case, either way, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I see you and thank you for seeing me. And at the end of the day, that's all I can ask for from my audience because, um, yeah, you know, like I said, and like I always say, I'm just kind of speaking into a mic, not sure really if I'm reaching an audience, but if I am, Dang, that's rocking awesome because that's what I'm all about here. I'm all about spreading knowledge, spreading information, and trying to help people understand the importance of language, uh, something that is becoming more and more um, of an afterthought. And I don't want it to be the case. I mean, of course, technology, STEM, all of that is basically what it takes the precedence in our society right now because that's what's happening right now. That's how our society is evolving. We, uh, you know, we are progressing so, so, so quickly, especially with technology. I mean, probably too quickly if you think about it. I was reflecting on the fact that the iPhone came out around like 2007-2008. And to think of where it was and now where it's come to in the matter of not even 20 years I mean, that's that's pretty that's pretty ridiculous, um, <clears throat> and I don't think that humans are uh, we're we're ready for that. We're not really ready for it. We're gonna there's gonna be a buffering period, I think, with humanity and technology, where we're just gonna have to like kind of onboard with it, and we're not really gonna understand how to, and uh, it's gonna ruin a lot of us uh, um, society. Regardless, I'm not gonna get into too much of that controversial stuff, but regardless. Otherwise, I'm going to stop saying regardless because I'm done. Stop, Liam. Stop. We're going to dive into third IOs and fourth conjugation verbs for today. After having talked talked about third conjugation verbs last week. So um, as per the usual, I'll give you three important things and rules to remember as we, uh, we set the stage and prime ourselves for the lesson here. Um, one, the thematic vowel in fourth conjugation is an I, okay? The future tense sign in fourth conjugation is an E, and the third I-O conjugation resembles fourth conjugation more than third, you know? Okay, so the, we'll get into that more and more and more, but just wanted to give you a little bit of a setting of the stage, because the formation of the present tense in fourth conjugation follows the same pattern, excuse me, as the other conjugations. A fourth conjugation verb base is added, 
plus a thematic vowel, in this case I, and onto that are appended personal endings. Those personal endings are the same we've seen in the other conjugations, though the thematic vowel in fourth conjugation often shows up as a long I, an I with a macron over the top of it. If you guys remember, macrons are what create that vowel into a long um like in the first declension, we have either nominative singular, just an A, or in the ablative singular is a long A, an A, puella versus puella. All right. The translation of the present tense in fourth conjugation should pose no challenges. It follows the same pattern as the other conjugations, as I mentioned before. So in present tense, you could say, I come, I do come, I am coming, um, I come. The imperfect tense in fourth conjugation presents few surprises, too. It uses the tense marker ba, just like the other conjugations, which I love because I think ba, ba, spot, bomb, ba, spot, bomb, spot, spot, is very straightforward, always has been, and that's why I like the imperfect amongst all the other um, forms, as well as the perfect, because the perfect just makes the imperfect perfect. Um, the only ir irregularity of any sort is that the fourth conjuga conjugation uses a double thematic vowel ie in the imperfect uh, that's an ie like i said in the imperfect but that hardly counts as a surprise given how strong the presence of i is at the end of the base in fourth conjugation all right so then again it just is like third conjugation where it's ebom ebas ebot ebamos ebates ebont all right, so thus the imperfect in fourth conjugation follows along the lines of something like if we did weneo, wenere, uh, which means to come. Like I was uh, talking about earlier, when I come, I do come, I am coming, all of those being the same uh, translation of the present tense, either the, the, the progressive, the, uh, I forget the terms, and I don't really care, and I'm sure you don't care either. They're just all present forms that mean the same thing or have the same connotation to it. Wenyebam, spelt V-E-N-I-E-B-A-M, Wenyebam, Venyebam, I was coming, I used to come, I kept on coming. Wenyebas, you were coming, and Wenyebat, he, she, it was coming, and then etc. right? Wenyebamos, Wenyebatis, Wenyebat. The translation of the imperfect tense in fourth conjugation is also exactly what you expect from the other conjugations, as you can see. As for the future, it uses the same tense as third conjugation E and even has the same irregularity in the first person singular where the E is replaced with an A. However, unlike in third conjugation, the thematic vowel is never lost, resulting in forms like weniam, weniaes, weniet. Weniam would be spelled V-E-N-I-A-M. I will come, I will be coming, and so on. You come or you, you will come rather, and he, she, it will, he, she, it will come. That, that sounded really odd for a second. He, he will come, she will come. That's totally fine though. The other forms in fourth conjugation follow predictable patterns as well. The imperative mood uses the verb base to which it adds the thematic vowel I and no ending to form the singular. So the plural uses the ending TE rendering forms like when me, and wenite, meaning come, either in the singular or plural. The infinitive is the final recipe in this cookbook of pleasant predictability because I think that that's really nice and it was kind of odd to have third conjugation be 
a little bit more wonky than our first and second. So you know what? Take one fourth conjugation verb, add the thematic vowel, vowel I, slather onto the end of that the expected infinitive ending, R-E, like winire. Okay, so then the fifth and final conjugation in Latin looks on the surface like it's a blend of third and fourth conjugation verbs. Therefore, it's called the third I-O, a.k.a. the fifth conjugation. Let me get a little swiggy swig here. Some kofefe. That's because the first principal part ends in I-O, as if it were fourth conjugation, but doesn't have an E-I-R-E ending, an E-R-A infinitive ending, the way fourth conjugation verbs do, but an E-R-E infinitive, the way that third conjugation verbs do. That's a little odd, but we'll, we'll go with it, right? Third conjugation I-O, right? So, for instance, like a verb like facio, facire, facio, F-A-C-I-O, facire, F-A-C-E-R-E. This means to make, all right? This is where we get the word facility from. Uh, facile actually is an adverb that means easily. So facio plus facile would be made easily, essentially. Fugio fugere, which means to flee. Capio capire, which means to capture. But in the third IO conjugation, the balance between third and fourth conjugation forms is nowhere near to even. There are far more firms than appear to be fourth conjugation than I-O. Let's look at fugio, for instance. You can see that it follows the same general pattern as the other conjugations. Base plus thematic vowel plus personal endings. So fugio, fugis, fugit, fugimus, fugitus, fugunt. The dominance of the I thematic vowel makes the conjugation look a lot like fourth, especially since the I rarely contracts into other forms. The translation of third I-O conjugation verbs in the present tense follows exactly the same pattern as the other conjugations. For example, I flee, I do flee, I am fleeing, so on and so forth. Um, also, the imperfect tense where the boss tense sign, i.e., uh, double the thematic vowel, like the fourth conjugation translates as was, used to, and kept on. Same thing, Hugh. Fugiebam, fugiebas, fugiebat. Now, the future, maybe this will be exciting because look at it, essentially. If you have a conjugation table, which I urge you guys to have right now, type in fugio conjugated on uh, uh, your iPhone, your tablet, your computer, if, you're, if that's readily accessible. If not, then just put a pin in it. Um, look at those conjugated forms because if you look at it in the future indicative act, active form, uh, you'll see that the future tense marker is an A in the first person singular. No thematic vowel I is lost and it translates as I and or will be. Or I'm sorry, translates as will and or will be. Silly me. Here's the imperative. We got fugay or fugi. You, you know me, I'm not the biggest stickler on pronunciation, so if I get something wrong, I can have another classicist uh, at me. I don't care. Fugay, ba base plus thematic vowel E, not I, like in fourth. Oh, though, um, E like in third. Oh, actually, that's right, like in third I-O. Um, <laughs> well, well, hey, looky there. There are some verbs. There we go. There are some verbs that have irregular imperatives like facio, uh, has foc, dick, duke, 
Fair, right, for Dico, Ducare, and Ferro, Ferire, or the, you know, to make, or to, I'm sorry, to bear, or to carry, rather, Ferro. Well, at least the plural is regular. Um, it uses the thematic vowel I and adds the TE producing, producing uh, fugite, which means to flee. Okay, finally, the infinitive is the base plus the thematic vowel E plus the usual RE infinitive marker, making ERE, just like third, not IRE, like fourth. So because of that, it's called third conjugation. Seems a lot, or rather, seems like a lot of grammar for just one or two exceptions, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, we have five conjugations, the fifth being referred to as the third IO. Now, if you learned something new and if you enjoyed this podcast, I really, really would appreciate you guys doing a little clicky-click on over to Latin and layman's, the rhetoric revolution on either Apple Spot, uh, Apple Podcast and or Spotify. Um, and uh, yeah, let's, let's get this critical mass going. I think I'm going to be doing another one here because I'm kind of uh, amped on just words and stuff like that. And I think I'll do some etymologizing. So uh catch me outside well not really just in, in, never mind tempo says discatering